Hi, this is Kylan from Rest Reflections. Welcome to this episode of At Work, our fortnightly podcast on all things inequality, injustice and oppression in the workplace. And let me take this opportunity to remind you that you can send us your questions, your queries, your dilemmas. If you would like us to dedicate some thinking time, some reflections, some musing on maybe particular challenges that you are facing and we will do our best to engage. And so, yes, this is me again this week. First of all, let me give you a brief update for those of you who have been following my academic journey. I give you an update on the PhD, which I recounted last time. I'm really glad to say that my update went really well. Overall, I was told that I had exceeded expectations. And that means a lot because I've been working really hard on the PhD and doing so many things. And yeah, it's been a few stressful, let's say, week to prepare for that. So I'm really glad that I can put that behind. I've been given some really constructive feedback as well by the panel. I think overall, I'd say it was very supportive as an experience. There were some challenges, of course, but overall, the experience was pleasant, I'd say. I didn't think I was going to say that, but yes, I think overall it was a pleasant experience. I think it allowed me to think and to rethink a few things. And also to test how convinced, how confident I was in what I was doing. And I'm glad to report I'm still confident in what I am doing. So so that's good news. Now, let us change gear and think about what we're doing today. So I guess today what I want to do is to answer a particular question that was put to me as an opportunity to muse on the podcast. And it was this fairly simple question, it appeared. And the question is, can Black employees ever be authentic in the workplace? That was a question that was put to me. In fact, I had lots of conversation about authenticity in various kind of context and setting. And so maybe it's time to revisit that issue. I know that we've danced around it in various ways, in various podcasts. So can employees who are racialized at Black ever be authentic in the workplace? Let us think about that. So firstly, I would like to say that I haven't scripted or prepared anything. So I'm going to be speaking from the top of my head, from what I know from my lived experience, from what I remember reading, from what I know a little bit when it comes to organizational functioning and leadership. So it's going to be a combination of different things, but I haven't scripted. So apologies if there isn't a coherent structure. I'm going to try to make sense. You know, I always try to make sense. I sometimes achieve it. So number one, let us start by this very basic question. Is authenticity a desirable aim to achieve for Black people and for organizations? I'd say yes. Overall, it's not something that I would discourage because what we know of the empirical evidence around workplace culture, around employees' morale, around employees' well-being even, around even organizational turnover around leadership makes it fairly clear that there is a strong case to encourage authenticity in the workplace. So as a general rule, 
I am in support of organization who tend to encourage their workforces to be more authentic. So that is number one. Number two, I guess if the question is, is it realistic that a workplace can increase its level of authenticity? That is a more interesting question, I would say. So I want to tackle it in two ways. Number one, is it realistic for a workplace? And number two, is it realistic for those employees who are racialized as black? Is it realistic for the workplace? Well, I do think that there are gains that can be achieved. I don't believe that we can go from zero to 100 when it comes to culture. But I do believe that cultural shift and cultural change is possible over time with sustained effort. And so the key word here is effort. Whenever we are going to want to change an organization, a culture, even an individual, frankly, we are going to expect to put a sustained amount of work over time to sustain the change. Now, the difficulty that we have is that I'm not sure myself that authenticity is a value that the Brits, I would say, that the English perhaps more specifically hold dear culturally. I'm not sure that authenticity sits very deeply at the core of what we uh, may construct as Britishness, of what we may construct as Englishness. And so what that means is that we are essentially, when we are working towards trying to be more authentic, I'd say, well, I would argue that we are working in a way that is countercultural. That's the first difficulty that we have that is going to impact on whether or not this shift can, uh, A, number one, happen within the workplace, and number two, perhaps more significantly, be sustained, is that we are working counterculturally in this context. And that takes me to issues of leadership. And leaders generally within organization, we could say, are the guardian of the organizational culture. And it is therefore a significant issue that the leaders that we have for most organizations, particularly the largest organization, the multinational and global corporation, and essentially organizations that are profitable, is that we have people in position of leadership that tend to come from the same mold, right? That tend to be middle class by way of social background, that tend to be white. And the higher up you go, when it comes to the hierarchical structure that tend to be male, right? So we're talking about the snowy white peak, as it has often been described. Now, can we really say that this group of individuals, uh, by way of where they come from, by way of their background, by way of their work of life and what they bring to organization, are going to support the notion of authenticity. Put a different way, can we expect this group of people to embrace authenticity? I don't know. Now, I'm not saying that it is impossible, but what I'm saying is that if we consider this group of people as being the bastion, the guardian of the organizational culture, I would also argue that they, as a function, also serve as the guardian 
of our society's culture that they're not necessarily going to go against what they have been, say, socialized to believe is the quote-unquote expected, quote-unquote normal, quote-unquote superior way to be. Now, as an aside, I'm black and some of you will know that I am French by way of background, but also I am of African Congolese descent. Now, let me tell you that I have encountered so many difficulties in England because I was authentic. And so I know that it's a word that is a little bit of a buzzword at the moment, but I know that there is also a little bit of a duality, a little bit of a double standard, and we might even say a little bit of duplicity around, you know, what we say and what we do, because generally people who are more candid, people who might be perhaps a bit more straightforward, people who might be a bit more direct, people who might be perhaps a bit more, say, themselves within organization, particularly when they are racialized as other, can encounter a lot of problems. That doesn't mean to say that people who kind of portray those traits, we might be racialized as white, are not also going to encounter some difficulty because, again, we're talking about ways of being that are countercultural. So I would expect that they are also going to have a hard time. But nonetheless, what I'm saying is that those difficulties are compounded by issue of race. They are compounded by issue of class. They are compounded by gender and all those kinds of access of identity of oppression. So this is what we're talking about. Number one, there is issues to do with clash of culture. Number two, there's issues to do with clash of expectation. And I would say that these expectations are repeated, reproduced, sometimes implicitly by a people in position of leadership. And so that takes us to the last point that I want to make, right, which is this, let's call it a blind expectation. It's not an expression without problems, but for now I can think of a better term. Let's put it this way. This blind expectation that everyone can be authentic in the workplace is a problem. And it is a problem not because authenticity in and of itself is a bad thing. Of course it isn't, as I've just covered. What I'm trying to say is that this blanket rule slash practice slash expectation that this is now what we're doing, we're doing authenticity, simply doesn't take into account the differential uh, when it comes to people's experience of the workplace, when it comes to the degree with which their own cultures, uh, their own kind of belief system, their own kinds of, we might even say, expectation might depart from the organizational norms and culture. So let's say, going back to myself again, so that I don't have to talk about nobody else. So I think, at least in part, the reason why I am quite straightforward is cultural. I think generally French people are more direct. I also think that generally Black people are more direct. I also think that generally working class people are more direct. So if you put all these things together and you expect someone like me to go in a workplace that is going to be in the main white middle class, 
and generally kind of gender that's male culturally and to just be myself and not understand that actually there is going to be a clash of culture and that I am likely to be penalized for being myself, that is a problem. That means that you are not attuned to issues of difference in the workplace. That means that you are not attuned to the lived realities of employees of color and the kind of contortioning that they often have to do simply to fit in. And I'm making the argument right now in relation to employees who are uh, racialized as black that is applicable for the majority, I would say, of employees who are racialized as brown, that is also to some degree going to be applicable to all marginalized groups who have to fit in with the default expectation, with the kind of implicit assumption, with the kind of, we could even say, presupposition that workplaces have when it comes to the culture. So what I'm saying is not, do not work toward authenticity. What I'm saying is, it's not that it is not possible for black employees to be authentic. What I'm saying is that this notion of authenticity needs to be tackled and thought about very carefully so that we don't end up, first of all, forcing a culture that might be alien to so many people in the workplace, and secondly, penalizing people when they don't, for various reasons, conform to those cultural expectations. So what else can I say? Is there any kind of advice or any kind of word that I could say in relation to employees, leaders, organizations who want to encourage authenticity, but do not want to put their foot in it when it comes to their employees of color, particularly when it comes to black employees, because the question was asked in relation to black employees. Number one, I would say, you need to have a good understanding of the lived experience of navigating your workplace for employees who are racialized as black. And if you don't know that, then you are not collecting the data. Then you are not talking to people who are black. Then you are not really interested with the literature that exists out there. And if you are familiar with the literature that exists out there, you will know that most black employees say that it is taxing to go to work in power because they have to put on a mask to fit in. This is not my experience. It's not the experience of X, Y, and Z person. This is what the research evidence tells us. So it is a common experience. So it's important that you remember that. And if you are not aware to what degree, and I say to what degree rather than if, right? Let's just stop being deluded. I would say to what degree this tax applies to your workplace, then there is some work that needs to be done in relation to connecting to people's experience. So number one, connect to people's experience. Talk to Black employees. If you can't do this work, that people like race reflection in independent. People generally trust us. They tell us what's going on within your organization. And we can act as a 
middle point or as a mediator to have those conversations about how people who are racialized as black experience the culture. So number one, get a sense of what it is like just to navigate, just to exist in the workplace and to what degree employees who are racialized as black feel that they can be themselves. Number two, model what you are asking people to do. A lot of people in position of authority, power, leadership, go around saying to people, we need to be authentic, we need to do this, that and the other. But are you authentic yourself? That would be my question. What you do within the workplace is likely to have a much more impactful influence than what you say and what you set as a policy. So I would say, Ask yourself that and be reflective in relation to who you are. Because if you are the standard leaders, right, coming from those walks of life that I spoke to a little bit at the start of the podcast, then it means that authenticity is likely not your forte. And so I would say that there is likely unbalance of work that you need to do yourself. And so where do you stand yourself in relation to authenticity? Number three, I think that there needs to be some thinking around, so then what happened when you encourage people to be themselves and then perhaps, you know, you may, especially at the start, get more conflict, you may get more challenge, you get, you may get people who are going to want to do things slightly differently because maybe people are just conforming and maybe you have now empowered them to say that they disagree with work. Do you have the resources? Do you have the safety nets? Do you have the relevant skills to then contain and to then support not only the people who are going to possibly challenge, but also the people who are going to be at the receiving end of those challenge and also perhaps the disturbance that might be created in the organization as a result. So that's that. A little bit of musing, a little bit of attention to this issue. I hope I haven't eaten my words too much. I did become self-conscious at some point when I was repeating, what I was mispronouncing. And I thought, you know what? Hopefully people will get what I'm trying to say. And so, yes, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for putting this question to me. I really appreciate when people send me things to think about and to reflect. So please keep doing that at work at restreflection.co.uk and contact at restreflection.co.uk and so that is it from me this week and as always please take good care